You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Eater Upsell. The podcast from the Vox Media Podcast Network. My name is Amanda Clute. I'm the editor-in-chief of Eater. Oh, I'm Dan Daniel Janine. I'm a producer. And uh, every week on this show... We run through a bunch of stories. Our favorite stories of the week. Of the week. We separate them with the sound of a ding like this. And then we get out, we get the hell out of then here. We get the hell out. We have some experts sometimes. Yeah. We we go off script a lot of the time. Most of you the time. You never know what's yeah. gonna happen. This uh, week. This week we have a producer. Uh, Martha Daniel. Say hello, Martha. Hello, hello. I'm glad to be here. So for all of those who who have written in asking A, why we don't get our act together and release at a regular time and B asking why we don't have more people in our credits. Now they can Now you know we have now we're a three person now we have a three person team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can address Martha in those emails. Uh, one other piece of housekeeping. If you have any complaints that you want to send to Martha, <laughs> to upsell Martha. at eater.com. Upsell at eater.com. Uh, another piece of housekeeping. Dan, I want to remind you again we are doing a summit on July 27th. It's just the two of us. It, it's going to be seven <laughs> live podcasts in a row. It is not the two of us. Uh, it's a whole day of talks and demos and food and drink. It is going to be fantastic. 65 bucks, all the food and drink you can handle, all the great content you can take. <laughs> You'll be full at the end. <laughs> You'll be very full of happiness. Uh, I'll please, be there. Please come. Uh, buy some tickets. It's going to be a great time. Dan and I will be there. This week on the show, we're talking about the latest with Uber Eats. We mm-hmm. have our best new restaurant list. We're going to mm-hmm. have Hillary Dixar Canavan on the show. We have our Chicago senior editor, Ashok, talking about Crate and Barrel and Lululemon's new restaurants. Love Brandon Respective restaurants. restaurants. A what else? very funny story from Bar Pizzolino. A very, <laughs> very funny story from Dan and Bar Pizzolino. Uh, if you like the show, please... Give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And what else? Tweet about it. Tell a friend. Put it on Instagram. Yeah. Those are all good decisions. Those are all the things. So let's get into it. Hell yeah. Daniel, this week we published one of the biggest pieces of the year for Eater. It is our best new restaurant list. The person who guided this project is Hillary Dixer Canavan. She's on the line with us right now, our restaurant editor. Hello, Hillary. Congratulations on this big list. Thank you. Yay. It is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'm super pumped about it. Can you tell us how this list came together and how it's a little different from years past? Yeah, totally. So I would say the biggest difference in this year's list is that instead of having one person kind of leading the charge, we made it a collective project. So what that meant was really tapping into our network of city editors and national editors, you know, who live across the country and sort of 
plugging them in and finding out what they were excited about. What were the restaurants that they feel changed and moved the dining uh, scene in their cities? And then I supplemented that with my own travel and research. Obviously, we don't have people in every city in the country. So I did big trips through Texas, through the Midwest, the Pacific Northwest, uh, the Mid-Atlantic. When you see uh, lists like these go wrong, how have they gone wrong? Lists are inherently subjective. And I think where things go wrong is when lists are presented as something other than that. So to me, I think really what this list this year does is by like embracing the voices of many people, it's sort of explicit that it's like, right, there are people and these people believe that they have chosen the best places and they get to sort of speak for themselves about why versus from on high, we are saying this is the best. And then I would say um, lists also tend to go wrong when they don't think about, you know, diversity of style, of thought, of people, of location. Um, So that's something, you know, at Eater, we always try to be really mindful of is like, if we're saying this is representing America, like, is it representing America? And that's something I think every outlet, including Eater, can keep just getting better about. I think that's a great chance to talk about what's actually on the list because you do have, um, I think, a representation of a lot of diversity in terms of um, you have high end, you have low end, you have all different kinds of cuisines. Uh, Can you highlight a few of your favorite picks? Yeah, we defined restaurant pretty loosely this year. Basically, everything shy of a pop-up we counted. As long as we felt confident that our readers could go and experience the thing, then it counted, whether it's a food truck, a mobile operation. Um, Yeah, just as long as it was consistent. So with that, on the more casual end, two choices that I am really jazzed on are um, Tacos 1986 in Los Angeles and the Jerk Shack in San Antonio. They are both, I would say, ultra casual. Tacos 1986 is a sort of Tijuana-style taco operation. I was particularly enthralled by their Adobada taco, which is um, basically like a like Tijuana's all pastor. It's um, like an adobo salsa marinated pork, and then it's served on a handmade corn tortilla. They have, even when they're set up like for their mobile vending, they've got um, a pair of women there like cranking out handmade corn tortillas, which is really cool to see. They have a carne asada. That's great. Um, and a really charismatic lead taquero who calls himself El Joy. <laughs> and then the Jerk Shack in San Antonio, um, it's a walk-up window because it's San Antonio, Texas. You sit outside. They just have a patio. And I just had the most delightful fried chicken wings there. I went um, with our Austin editor, Nadia, and one of our San Antonio contributors. And we just had the most amazing lunch. And You know, it's that feeling of like, you know, you're there for work, but you can't help but feel like you're kind of on vacation. And I feel like for a restaurant to achieve that with, with, you know, something as simple as like a walk-up window, a picnic table, and a chicken wing, I feel like that's huge, you know? I kind of like that you use that vacation line also when talking about a restaurant. I think it was it in Cincinnati. Yeah, just outside of Cincinnati, the Baker's Table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that framework of, of feeling like I'm at this restaurant. I could be a regular here, but I still feel like I'm kind of on this escape. Yeah, totally. Um, I think part of how that came to be the way I thought of the Baker's Table was I hit that restaurant, I think, like 
day three or four of this massive road trip through the Midwest that was specifically to research for Destiny restaurants. Um, and this is not like a woe is me, like eating is hard, but you know, I had been to a lot of restaurants and like not all of them were great, you know? So when I started my lunch there, you have that like you know, that light bulb moment of like, oh, here we go. And you can like relax into the meal. And it just sort of made me think about, you know, what was I looking for in a restaurant as somebody who was visiting that area versus like, well, if I lived there, what, you know, what would I be looking for? And I felt like this was a restaurant that just so clearly hit both marks of like, what a tourist might want versus like what a local would want. And to me, that's like such a, such a balancing act and that they did it. And they were so new when I went, I think they were only like four months old. So I just knew I was like, yep, this place has to go on. Any similarities you noticed coming across the list that maybe signal to something that's happening in dining right now, or that, that you foresee coming in the future? Yeah, I would say the restaurants on the list themselves are all pretty different from each other, but there definitely were some themes that are represented on this list. Um, I've been seeing a lot more restaurants that really put baking first. Likewise, on our list, we have a restaurant in Detroit called Marrow, which is like a butcher shop during the day and a restaurant at night. In Indianapolis, I went to a restaurant called Turchetti's that sort of is the same thing of like, it's a butcher shop, but at night there's like a full dinner menu. And so that's something I'm really intrigued by. A lot of restaurants do their own butchery anyway, but it it just, it's like one of those things of like, oh yeah, why weren't we always just like eating at the butcher shop? Well, Hillary, congratulations. Uh, It looks beautiful. Thank you for dining around the country on behalf of Eater and for having those important conversations with all of our city folk to, to put out the best thing possible. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Dining and wrangling. Dining and wrangling. That's her job. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to do it. Amanda, there is a new restaurant that opened in the West Village. I'm sure you know of it. It's called Bar Pisolino. Oh, I do know of it. It is by your favorite restaurant team, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jody Williams and Rita, Rita Sodi, Sodi yeah. of Via Corota of E. Sodi. Of Bouvet. Of Bouvet. You, you have a soft spot in your heart for those restaurants. Love them. Yeah. So Bar Pisolino is a coffee shop cocktail bar. It's it's on this very cute corner. It's all glassed in. The whole space is, what, 200 square feet, maybe? Mm-hmm. Tiny, fun, elegant. You feel like you're in Europe. You know, just stop for a, stop for a spritz. Love it. Anyway, uh, they do food there, but I hadn't been to this restaurant yet. They're in the slow roll opening period. I think they're going to be all day at some point. Right now, they're opening at 2 or 3. I go, I meet a friend there, sit down for a coffee. I'm like... You know, I'm going to try all the food they have. I want to try everything. Mm -hmm. And I sit down. I didn't really read about the food. At this point, they had mixed nuts and a single sandwich. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm like. Soft open. (laughs) Give me the things, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is the most adorable thing ever. This restaurant just has one sandwich a day. Mm -hmm. They have one perfect sandwich a day and some mixed nuts. And actually, it wasn't mixed nuts. It was like pickled things like little salamis and Mm -hmm. and capers. Mm Mm-hmm. I asked the the server, who was lovely, I was like, hey, what do you guys have? And she said, you know, we have one sandwich. I was like, okay, great, one sandwich. I can conquer this restaurant in one shot. I eat my sandwich. It's delish. Uh, I think it was like a ham butter thing, a Mm. little, little, almost a party sandwich size Mm -hmm. vibe. 
And I'm sitting there. You know, I'm happy. I was thinking about getting another one because I was hungry. And all of a sudden, another sandwich comes out. And uh, the table next to me, they drop an egg salad and a chicken salad. Whoa. Straight party sandwich looking things. Uh-huh. Right on. And I'm like, excuse me. What's that? What's that? Uh, and she goes, oh, those just those just came in or something. And I was like, okay. Um, I was under the impression that this was a one sandwich place. I don't know how much of this I had built up in my head right. or how much was implied by her that they were a one sandwich place. But I'm like, well, okay, I'll get those. I also want those sandwiches. <laughs> I'll get those sandwiches. <laughs> Great. They come. I eat them. Uh, my friend who I was there were with. Were they good? They were good. Yeah. They were all like, uh, I like the first, the the bun thing better uh-huh. than the party uh-huh. sandwiches. Uh-huh. But my friend that was there didn't want to eat the sandwiches. She mm-hmm. just wanted coffee and then like a spritz and then she was going to the gym. Which coffee, spritz, gym, Oof. there is nothing more New York to me than that. Yes. Like coffee, <laughs> spritz, Pilates. Jesus. I guess I could do Pilates after a spritz. Yeah. I well, can do a run. At this point, you know, a little bit full. Uh, had three three party sandwiches. I'd had six, to, though, because each one is two. Okay. Yeah, two pieces. And I'm like, okay, but that's it, right? No more sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I've done this menu. I've done this menu, tapped out. At this point, some woman, a chef, a, a chef or a cook with an apron, comes in with this elegant bag, like elegant French countryside looking tweed bag. Filled with fucking sandwiches. <laughs> Mm-mm. And brings them up and starts pl- like placing them on this lovely display Ooh. in the corner of the restaurant. Well, and This was a croissant sandwich with um, prosciutto in it. Mm. And I'm just like, by this point, I'm like, what the fuck are those? <laughs> <laughs> and she's I mean, like, least, Where? she's like, we're still experimenting but here. But you saw them come in. It's not like they just appeared on somebody else's plate. Like, she's actually telling the truth. They just came in. They just came in out of this lady's bag. I am not blaming anyone here but myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at this, it was just the fact that it was a slow roll, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm like, all right, I'll 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 take the sandwich, okay? Yeah. So here's, what, here's now, where you... this one gets uh-huh. crazy. Every time, I'm like, this is all the sandwiches you guys are going to get, right? And she's like, yeah, I think so. Like, we're, you know, we're still testing things out. But yeah, I think this is it <laughs> for the sandwiches. Under the prosciutto sandwiches in the same bag, there was another layer of different sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I think the story is more that this waitress has this weird customer one day <laughs> who just keeps freaking out yeah. as more sandwiches get delivered to the restaurant. And she's like, well, I, you know, I told him that that's all we had at the time. And then another sandwich came and he freaked out and ordered that sandwich and he ended up eating 10 sandwiches. It was the weirdest customer I've ever had. <laughs> the thing is, if I walked in. And His friend came, she left. <laughs> he was there for hours. <laughs> the thing is, if she was like, we have 10 sandwiches here, or six sandwiches, I'd be like, cool, for that, I'll try three this time. I live fairly, fairly three. close. I'm just saying I would have tried three sandwiches. Yeah. yeah, I would have tried the ones I want, and then next time, you know, I would have tried the other ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they were just slowly trickling in, I couldn't stop. By the time that, I don't even remember what the one after prosciutto was, but I couldn't not try that one. I was so close to killing them all. Do you feel for me at all, or is this just me being weird? No, I'm a little concerned for you. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because most people would go in, get the one sandwich, and then say, okay, next time I'll try these other sandwiches. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the weirdest look I've ever... Yeah, that's it. I'm just so confused by you in this scenario. (laughs) 
Ashok Selvam, Eater Chicago editor, welcome to the show. You have two stories in your possession right now that I absolutely cannot wait to talk about. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am obsessed with brand restaurant incorporations and, uh, you know, talking about whether or not people are selling out. Could you tell us what's going on in Chicago with this Crate and Barrel restaurant? Well, yesterday was the first day. Uh, Crate and Barrel opened a restaurant in uh uh, near one of their suburban locations, which is going to serve as a showcase for all that lovely flatware that you know you drool over on your uh, you know on the catalog on the, the, the websites, uh, wedding registries, etc. And they uh, they brought in a pretty big gun uh, chef to to run the operation. Yeah, who's the chef? Yeah, it's a chef named Bill Kim, and he locally known. He uh, is uh, known for Urban Belly. It's a uh, kind of a, a pan-Asian restaurant. He's had several. He did a fusion restaurant, uh, uh, emerging Korean and Puerto Rican food. And he's also classically trained as a French, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the French traditions. Uh, worked with Charlie Trotters, one of the biggest names in, in Chicago dining history. Wow. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like, talking to Bill, too, he's, uh, he's from Seoul. And he's like, but you didn't know that I knew how to cook French food. You know, <laughs> everyone knows me as kind of the, uh, you know, the Korean guy that ca- uh, cooks casual Asian food. But I have these recipes in my pockets, and I can't wait to kind of dance with them. Wow. So the idea here is that you will go to this Crate and Barrel restaurant uh, because you have this great chef, great food, and then you'll be inspired to potentially buy some of the plateware and glasses and whatever else you're using. At sure. The I, I, you know, as everything is, it's you trace it back to real estate. They have this empty land of nod, vacant for a long time. And, you know, Circuit City is not going to come through that door. Like, you know, big box retail isn't isn't returning. Mm. So they had to figure out something to do with it. And kind of quite brilliantly, Crate and Barrel decided to open a restaurant, uh, try to pander and cater to their existing clientele with, you know, it's the, the typical kind of California chic uh, food, which is still, we're adjusting to that in our cold Midwestern <laughs> skins. But... Uh, at the same time, it does appeal to the clientele. And I had a wonderful conversation about, with Bill about, uh, you know, so do you own any Crate and Barrel stuff? Because my space is littered with it. And he's like, everyone has Crate and Barrel stuff. Yep. And if they don't uh, admit it, they're lying to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is that true? I definitely have Crate and Barrel. Do you, Daniel? I have a Crate and Barrel thing. Yeah. Okay. One thing. Is it your beer pong table? It is my beer pong <laughs> table, yeah. <laughs> um, so this comes from a, a lot, not a long line, but uh, this reminds me of two restaurants that are in New York, La Mercerie, which is in mm-hmm. inside a fancy furniture store. Yeah, Roman and Williams Guild. Which is meant to, you know, draw attraction and increase the... I don't even know like the the atmosphere of this furniture store. It mm-hmm. is a way that uh, it's a way that Steven Starr has met, you know gotten around a little bit of the real estate cost. And then there is the Brendan Sotokoff place in the Restoration Hardware called RH. So also ABC Kitchen in New York, Daniel. ABC Kitchen in New York. Mm-hmm. So the idea of restaurants uh, bolstering the reputation of fancy furniture stores is not unique to this to this situation, but. Uh, this is the first I've heard of uh, making it an actual shopping experience. Well, at ABC Kitchen and at La Mercerie, you can buy. You can buy the flatware. Yeah, and everything? at La Mercerie, they even when they give you the menu, the prices are on the back of like the cup oh, and the plate. Oh boy! So they are really they're really pushing it. Yeah, but I, I do think there are some differences between these furniture tableware stores having restaurants in their shops yeah. versus other branded 
dining experiences we've been talking about, like the Lexus one right. in New York, where they're mm-hmm. just trying to associate their brand with cool dining, or even the Urban Outfitters right, restaurants, right, 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 where I think right. they're just trying to get more people through their doors to right. go shopping. Building like, keep, buys as opposed to selling product. Yeah, like people are buying things online. We need to get people to the physical store. Yeah. What if we open a restaurant? But I, I kind of love this this crossover with Crate and Barrel because like you could actually just buy the stuff. Yeah, that you're eating off of. So, uh, show how does how does Bill how is Bill reckoning with this? Is he just perfectly? Is he like a hundred percent game for it, or is he like or is he eh. a little embarrassed? Is he like eh, this is not you know this isn't where I saw my career going or what's he saying? Well, Bill's Bill's pretty humble and he's such uh, an example for a lot of Asian American chefs that see someone like them enjoying tremendous success. It's been kind of a tumultuous mm. year for him, but he said he is he's going to be in the kitchen at least for the first couple weeks, and he's got other things going on. Uh, the company that he opens restaurants uh, with uh, is behind the Michael Jordan Steakhouses, so they're they're kind of you know used oh. to have it, spreading their their <laughs> talents and resources in, in different ways. So Bill Bill is uh, you know like he's, he sees it as a challenge. He sees it like as something new and. Like I said earlier, he really does have these recipes that he's kind of like thinking about, and he knew it, maybe it's not uh, as easy to incorporate in a Pan Asian restaurant. But now he's got kind of the uh, the bandwidth to to break them out. That brings us to another story number two. Story number two. There were there were some rumors swirling in our conversations about a about a Lululemon thing. I what have do, what been do you know? inside the belly of the beast. What is uh, the I beast? Was there yesterday. Well, Lululemon has, is, for the last two years, has been working on this flagship store in Chicago's Lincoln Park neighborhood. That's on the, kind of the near north side. It's kind of preppy. Uh, it's near DePaul University. And on the second floor, there is a restaurant, and they're calling it Fuel. It's, uh, oh, it's got a yeah. counter. It's got smoothies. It's got grab-and-goes. And surprisingly, I've seen it with my own eyes. I, 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 I promise you, they have a full kitchen. So it's just not going to be grab-and-goes. There's actually cooking taking uh, place on-premises. And the most bizarre or most <laughs> unique part, they're serving burgers and beer. What? Mm. I mean, yeah. the Lululemon customer they're going can, for can the, have it all. They're going for the unwinders, eh? Not the, not the vegans. Their branding uh, spokesperson was talking about how exactly, as Amanda spoke, Lululemon customers want everything under one roof, and so, and and it's also you know while you're chomping on that burger and sipping on that beer, you can see the yoga studio, like which is located uh, a few feet away. So you could either you know make those uh, folks practicing a little envious of your decadent treat, or you know you could kind of uh, bring them in uh, after their workout. <laughs> I just think it's a huge missed opportunity to serve pigeon. You know, <laughs> yoga joke. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> really good yoga joke. Thank you, Ashok. You're welcome. Take care. All right, Daniel. I have a story. I think you're gonna like. Okay. All right. So Uber, Uber Eats, you know it well. Oh, yeah. It is a delivery platform from the behemoth Uber. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to compete with services like Grubhub, Postmates, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they now have a dine-in option. So you can order delivery, you can order to pick up, or you can just order your food, and then you go sit down in the restaurant and eat it. Mm-hmm. It is available now in Dallas, Austin, Tucson, and San Diego. What do you think? Well, you obviously think this is the dumbest thing in the world. 
You know me well. <laughs> yes, I do. I think th- they have a lot of new initiatives that aim for efficiency. Mm-hmm. So this, I think, counts in that bucket. Also, the idea that they tell a restaurant... Oh, you're a sushi restaurant. Why don't you also have a secret Uber-only restaurant where you just make poke because you yeah. have all that leftover fish? You're mm-hmm. now a poke restaurant, too. Mm-hmm. I just I get it that it's helping these restaurants be more efficient. I just hate the idea of it. And I hate the idea of people subverting what restaurants are there for, which is, you know, a relaxing experience. So you just, like, get there and your food is ready and you shove it in your face and then move on. Yeah. But I could see how you <laughs> might have a different take. Well, first of all, I don't know. I mean— can you not see a, a situation where you would want to order your food to a restaurant ahead of time? I know you hate this, but like... Well, you never... If you think about restaurants in general, it's not like waiting for food is great. It'd be great if you could <laughs> right? always... Right? Right? But right? I think it's important that you... What? The, pay your dues? The restaurant... You... No, it's not paying your dues. It's just this is the restaurant experience. You sit down, you order. There's... It's it's part of it. I want the, reserva- uh, the restaurant experience to be preserved at all costs. Right. So I think that Uber Eats is destroying aspects of this. Right. Like you see that uh, downtown restaurants, the kitchen is growing and, and the dining room is shrinking. Mm-hmm. But I, I, could, I could see certain restaurants where, especially if I'm bringing my kids, it'd be nice to know that I don't have to wait an hour. I have done, so I think I there's done a this genre, outside of Uber Eats. There's a genre of restaurant. Of course you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> you've taken the initiative and done this already. Yeah, it was like, oh, I see this coming. Uber Eats is doing it. I'm going to try what no, it's no, like. No, no, it's just Without you the, being a, in generally, not rude customer, but you ask for what you want. I do. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I wish I asked for what I wanted anywhere except restaurants, but it's really just <laughs> really just restaurants. No, I think like, all right, if I'm going to the theater, uh-huh. you know, and I'm going to uh, Esca or whatever, that re- like an Italian restaurant yeah. up there. And uh, I'm like, Shit, very I- expensive Italian restaurant. You're calling them and saying, hey, could you make my... Pasta with clams. I'm just ready saying, okay, for hey, 647. Uh, I'm going to come in and sit at the bar. I'm just wondering, is this a thing you can do? I'm down to go get a slice right, right. of something I instead. I think it's different. You're at, calling ahead to ask them, like, is it possible for me to dine at your restaurant within this time frame? Kind of like what you no, did with the I'm tasting I'm saying, restaurant. can you get this started? Really? Oh, yeah. I've done it. Can you start my pasta with clams? Can you start my... Do you have space at the bar? Yes or no? Yes? Cool. I was wondering, could you start my pasta with clams? <laughs> You're the customer that like hosts and waiters like talk about at bar- the bar afterwards. Why? Because they're like, wow, that guy got a great meal before his before <laughs> his like, play, and like... he didn't have enough... Like, he had far less time than the rest of our customers to do it in. Yeah, they're that's like, what they're saying. wow, that's the life I want to live. That's Someone... definitely what they're saying. Definitely... <laughs> what are they... I, listen, I still... I tip as if I was there and they're just four like, hours. Of course, yeah. They're like... Sure, we'll start your order, sir. Here's the thing: I that'll... bet nice restaurants get this a lot. I actually don't know. I don't know. Rich don't know. people have the audacity to do that too. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I mean, we should. I should ask some people if that's a thing that they have also. If had. you are a host at a restaurant, please <laughs> email Erica. Email upsell at eater about the weirdest requests like Dan's. Okay, Daniel. I think there's a trend that you're going to be really excited about. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> There's a new trend, reading about it in Food and Wine, about uh, where restaurants are putting more things on tap. <laughs> so they're using their beer taps, reconfiguring them to put more things on tap. The types of things they are putting on tap are the kinds of things that you really enjoy, okay. including nut milk. Do you like nut milk? I just assume. 
I don't really care. That's unfair. I mean, I ordered, I consumed plenty of nut milk on a day-to-day basis. Okay. What if you went to a coffee shop and (laughs) at the part where you put your milk in that little bar area, Uh it's just a bunch of taps. And it's like milk, half and half, almond milk, whatever milk. Oat milk, soy milk, coconut milk. Into it? Would you Instagram it? Would you be psyched? Would I Instagram it? Apparently, these things are getting Instagrammed. Let me tell. Let me just pull back for a sec. Uh, Coffee shops. The one thing that surprises me now is when you see oat milk uh, at the self serve. Mm -hmm. You never see oat milk at self serve because it's more expensive. Mm -hmm. Starting like you can tell what wave of coffee shop or like how bougie the coffee shop is by what's available for the self serve. Mm -hmm. Usually, it's just whole, half cream. Sometimes it's almond. Almond is. Almond mm-hmm. is the first addition. Soy, like never. Never. And oat milk, you have to ask. Anyway, how would I feel huh. about how would I feel about these taps? I'd be pumped up. Cool. Because I would so, mix them. That's what I would do. I would have like a little bit of coconut, a little, little bit of each. A little bit of oat. Because oat's creamy, but I don't I'd rather have the health. The health. When I'm thinking about health, I'm going coconut. Okay. Wanna so, talk more about it? <laughs> how would you so feel if got... I had a bunch of taps and you could pull one of them and get a bunch of bullshit health spew? <laughs> that sounds fun. Okay. Uh, so we got nut milk. Also, beef broth. <laughs> Ew, for coffee? Not for coffee. <laughs> uh, at places with beef broth. So probably so those celery juice soon. Next celery juice. Yeah. All kinds of things. It speaks to the fact that all trends are liquids. Everything is just a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that your take? All trends, all trends, are, all liquids. trends are liquids. Can we put that on our new merch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please, if you want a tote bag that says all trends are liquids, quote Daniel Janine. How do I feel about it? I don't know. You were talking to me yesterday about how, can you give me the rationale for how it's actually planetarily sensitive? Okay, That's I need to look word. at this because one of their argument for this is that it's great for the environment. I do wonder about cleaning the taps because oh, yeah. that sounds gross. Uh, like we have a coffee machine here. Mm-hmm. Where it's an espresso machine and there's a tap that goes into this refrigerated milk thing. And yeah. I don't like using it because I just don't know how often it's cleaned. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I just envision like a like a dystopian future where every single thing is on a tap. Mm-hmm. You know, happiness, bone broth, I don't know, whatever. Like, like Wally. Natural wine. Every every single thing that we cherish can come through uh, a tap. I bet you can get natural wine on tap for sure, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure you can. I just want my bone broth to come out of a big pot that's kind of steaming, you know, like a witch's brew style thing. I think the steaming is the problem. Oh, because it loses a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. it evaporates a lot. Yeah. It says, the tap system heats the broth on demand, which eliminates the evaporation waste that comes along with hot holding broths and soups for hours. So it's not that it's, it's not the container, it's that the soups aren't being held hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're I mean. being held cold. In the That's spout. In the spout. When you when you press the tap, yeah. it heats it. It heats the portion that yeah, it sends. It heats that one portion. So the rest of the, the big, you know, bowl or whatever is cold. That's pretty cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Let's hold right. on that. Well, be on the lookout for more things on tap coming your way, America. Amanda, up next on the show, we are joined by SB Nation video director Ryan Simmons. Hello. Hi Ryan. Hey Ryan. Hi. Who uh, unfledged is that the word? Unfledged? Nope. Nope. Uh, unearthed. <laughs> unearthed. Unearthed. Yeah. Uh, brilliance from the internet in 2016 and brought it to the world. Uh, he he tweeted out a video that went insanely viral um, under the caption, got another capitalism greatest hit. I will give you $100,000 
if you can guess the brand by the end. This is a two-minute video that is very dramatic and cinematic. And uh, it looks like Boyhood. Let's get into the let's get into the video. I'm just spoiler. Gonna... I could not. I did not guess the brand. I remain one hundred thousand dollars <laughs> richer because I don't think anyone on the planet was able to. You cannot. You cannot <laughs> guess the brand. Baby being born in a bathtub. Pretty like, you know, not PG, not entirely PG. Yeah, it's pretty uh, uh, realistic. Yeah, the baby's aging. Right. So we're going through this. Presumably now we know, okay, we're going through this boy's life. Mm-hmm. It must be leading to something pretty grandiose. He's looking at sparklers. There's yeah. always a sparkler in this type of thing. Not sure what that shot is. Some horses. 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 <laughs> Actually, I'm going to pause it. Amanda, at this point, what were you? What were your guesses? I was thinking some sort of product like Johnson & Johnson mm-hmm. or maybe a gas company. Mm-hmm. You know, like ExxonMobil would make something weird like this maybe. Um, yeah. A lot of people guessed those sort of like industrial, like cotton. Yeah. So people thought it was like a cotton commercial, perhaps. <laughs> Someone said the U.S. Army, which I was like, I guess if you wanted. <laughs> That'd actually be that pretty made, good. Well, the, the music, the tone makes sense for the well, U.S. Well, like Army. a man yeah. starts yeah. as a baby and then becomes right. a real man and then he ships off to war. Yeah, so what is really your purpose? become a man until, until yeah, yeah until you the join army. the right. army. So wait, Ryan, you what, what was it like for you the first time you saw it? Um, I think I had the same reaction as pretty much everyone else as... What am I watching right now? What right. is this? Right, right, right. It was sent to me for a reason. So there's obviously something going on, but I can't piece together what it is other than it's some sort of weird trailer yeah. or obviously it's a commercial for something, but I was thinking the same thing. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's like a baby lotion. Yeah. Johnson and Johnson or something like that. Uh, and then when you get to the end, I mean, it's just the reveal is positively scrumptious. It's just so good. We'll keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Spitting. Swimming in the rain. This shot's a little strange. Staring at his mom? Okay, or a, so a woman? The description of the shot is the boy is looking through a keyhole at someone who is disrobing, a woman who is disrobing, and presumably <laughs> that's like his his man, like coming of age mm-hmm. moment, yeah. I guess. But it's not clear but that I, it's not his mom. It's it not clear that be, it is not his mother. It could just be a lady staying in his house. Yeah. I did have to earlier during the breastfeeding scene. If you haven't seen the commercial, PS, yeah. there's a breastfeeding scene. Uh, I had I did cut out a full frame nipple. Got a lot of uh, upset free the nipple people, <laughs> but I was sure Twitter would like target me for some reason for that. Oh yeah. my god! All right. Oh, he's angry. Yeah, really going through all the shaving, I, shaving. for the first time. The the efforts it goes to to really drawing out every one of these beats. Looks like he's maybe shipping off to college. Yeah. Getting ready. Is this prom? And there it is. Life asks you the same question. What are you going to try today? And he is walking into a Subway sandwich sandwich restaurant after two and a half minutes (laughs) of very well-composed cinematography, I think. Like, it is a well-shot commercial. It's beautiful. Which is why the juxtaposition of all of that imagery next to... It's a friggin' subway commercial. <laughs> it's just like it's crazy that it's from 2016. Were you able to uh, were you able to dig up any information about like what what happened when it was out there or like all I've learned is that it was created by an ad agency called Whedon and Kennedy, which I think is like known for Nike and other oh, yeah. like big mm-hmm. brands. And but it's for a Brazilian it's for the Brazilian market, and it was done by a Brazilian production company called Stink, <laughs> done by a director named Salsa. 
cool. <laughs> I just swear to God, this is all real information. Yeah. And then as far as like if it aired on TV, I have no idea, but it's still on YouTube. It's still like on their production company website and all yeah. that stuff. So. And then your tweet about it just went completely insane. I think uh, Patrick Gill from Polygon.com had retweeted it. And then from there, it really struck a nerve. I think because it sets up a challenge. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, mm. I watched people in the replies film their friends as they were like trying to guess and then finally getting the reveal. And I got to say, it's a wonderful parlor game slash like, I really recommend taking this home for like Thanksgiving or Christmas and being like, hey, let's play this game. See if you can guess the brand by the end of this commercial. Any crazy, what was the weirdest thing that someone said? There were more than a few people who were like, well, this is exactly what Subway wants. They want everyone talking about Subway. Like, we're all talking about Subway for three days. And I was like, I think if the (laughs) marketing people at Subway could do this over... I don't think this would be the way they would go about doing it. Yeah. I don't think this was a no, this is what they situation. Wanted. A three year long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just want people mercilessly dunking on them for three straight days about their. There were there was also a lot of like there were a lot of Jared mentions. Yeah, oh, which was like yeah. really kind of uh, you know low hanging fruit. I yeah. think, but yeah. also you know maybe rethink some of the imagery in your commercial. But I bet every time you pass a subway, you're like. Man, I remember when I saw my first girlfriend cheating I will, on me. <laughs> <laughs> I will absolutely never forget this yeah. commercial. I will think about it every time I walk by a subway. I don't eat at Subway, so I can't say I would think of it every time I eat at Subway. Yeah. But do you think they're think of them as more sophisticated now? Subway? Yeah, that they commissioned this thing. Yeah, for sure. I don't. I will never think of the Italian sandwich in the same way. Like I, I think that they there is a new a level of nuance to that restaurant for me, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. I think if it was going to be a real life depiction of like your life leading up to a subway, you'd have to be like traversing, you know, the really crappy parts of Penn Station, mm-hmm. and just be like really. You just got off a flight and you're really desperate to just eat something. Yeah. It's the only thing that's open. Yeah. And then finally, what are you going to choose right. today? Oh, I don't really have a choice. I'm going to Subway. No, the real Subway t- would be like better than the alternatives <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> the Panda Express is closed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for when you're really unlucky, it's Subway. Well, uh, we appreciate you. Great uh, fun. Yeah, thanks for having by. me in and talking Thank about you. it. It was really fun. Thanks for sharing it with the world. Yes. And if you haven't seen it, please check it out. Share it with your friends. It's a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> Love should it. Go, should, I mean, and you might as well get the Twitter hit for it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. At R.Y. Simmons. Check out the original. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, as always. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. We know you have a lot of options. Actually, can I complain about something? To your audio time, of course. Uh, I hate when people, you can't, no longer can you people make time puns. T H Y M E. It's just the easiest pun in the food game. Like, time to eat. T H Y M E. I freaking hate that. I know you didn't, but <laughs> it's just like that. That's an auto sign off for me. 100% close Other the book. Other food puns cool with you? Well, I. That I can't think of any that I hate as much as that Very, one. Very anti-pun. In general. In general. One t- yeah, one time we were brainstorming an idea for a, a video series, mm-hmm. and it was, a, it was a road trip series, and I said we should call it Running on Fu Maze. And you, I then think, I said, you're fired. Yeah, I think you <laughs> said that was epic. <laughs> yeah, you deleted Slack from your phone after that, and you haven't had it since. But um, anyway, yeah, thank you so much for listening to the show. Appreciate your time. Please, we, are, uh, we are your hosts, Dan and Amanda. We now have a producer. Her name is Martha, Martha. Daniel. Yeah. Show's going to get better we have now two with her support. Daniels out of the six first and last names now that we have for the we show. We do. Yep. Um, and, See you next uh, week. Bye. Bye.